still doing great things today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give our musicians, singers a good hand. Isn't this awesome singing? Wonderful worship. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at somebody and say, you look better when you come to church. Well, they may not have looked good, but they do look better when they come to church. Isn't that right? Amen, amen, amen. Let's think about Brother Jerry Kaiser today. He's, his uh, stepmother's funeral is at 2 o'clock at United. You might be praying for him. God bless you. Turn with me, if you will, to the book of Psalms, the 32nd chapter, the 6th verse. Isaiah 55 and 6. So good to have all of our guests, visitors, friends, family, people that haven't been here for a while, um, and saints of God, all of you. Good to see you in the house of the Lord. Praise God. I read about one time about a preacher that got up to preach he said, sorry about this Band-Aid on his face. He said, while I was shaving, I was thinking about the sermon and cut my chin. And there was a voice came from the back. He said, next time, think about your chin and cut your sermon. <laughs> so I, I didn't cut my face, so I can preach it. I didn't plan on saying it, but I can preach as long as I want to, can I? God bless you. We'll see what the Lord will do today. I feel a burden for souls here this morning. I'd like to preach to the one closest to eternity. We just don't know who that is, nor when that is. But if you should die right now, and it's possible. If you should die right now, are you ready to meet God? And where would you go if you died right now? There's not but one of two places, and that's heaven, where there's joy unspeakable forever or red-hot hell that's on fire right now. Both, both locations are searching for you and reaching for you. The Bible said hell hath opened its mouth. And this word today is coming from heaven, not because it's coming from me, but it's coming from God's word. And it's reaching for you today. For this shall everyone, Psalms 32, 6, for this shall everyone that is godly pray unto thee in a time when thou mayest be found. Surely in the floods of great waters they shall not come nigh unto him the middle of that verse said will pray unto thee in a time when thou mayest be found everybody say when thou mayest be found 55 6 of Isaiah said seek ye the Lord finish it for me while he may Wrong verse, wrong something. Let me read it to you. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. I don't know if I've got that written down wrong or what, but it's in the book. See there? The point is, seek ye the Lord finish it 
while he may be found. These two verses, and I'm going to let you be seated in a moment. These two verses indicate that there is a certain time that he may be found. And I call that your window of opportunity. Look at somebody and say, you have a window of opportunity. Thank you. You may be seated. The window of opportunity is a brief time period in which an opportunity, of course, exists. It's a short time during which there is a chance to do something and change the situation. So it needs to be taken advantage of quickly without delay. Again, a window of opportunity is a short, often fleeting period during which a rare and desired action can be taken. There is a critical moment in a, when a person has a TIA, transient ischemic Attack. Does that sound like, does that sound right? A TIA. Within a three-hour period, I understand that there is, a, there is an injection that can be given that can help reverse the, the uh, damage, if you will, of a stroke. In fact, my mother-in-law, in 2017, I got the call at, right after church on a Wednesday night. Sister Pat had happened to be there with her the last, uh, the, the last three days or so, and thank the Lord she could be. And uh, she had had a massive stroke. Well, they got her into the vehicle and got her to Jackson, Tennessee, and they said there's three hours that if we can get this shot into her, it can possibly change the outcome of this, this stroke. But because of other health issues, they could not inject that into her system. And I may not have all of those things exactly accurate. Some of you are medically inclined people can tell me more, and I'll, I'll listen to it. But the fact is there was a period of time where something could be done, but they failed to find that period and, that, and get that shot in in that time. And consequently, she passed away. I'm suggesting to some people here today that God has opened a window for you to be saved for you to find him and take advantage of the window of opportunity. I want to go ahead and preface the rest of this message by saying that over my 55 years of, of, of ministry, I started in 1968, and I have watched people come and go from the house of the Lord. And that's a term the scripture uses. And I've watched them depart without making a chance or taking their window of opportunity and falling on their face and repenting before God, getting baptized in the only name given among men under heaven whereby they must be saved and receiving the Holy Ghost. They came and they liked the music. They came and they liked the preaching. They came and liked the friendliness of the church. But somewhere in their, in their tenure of, 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 of attending, 
this church, and not only this church, but many other churches, I'm satisfied, can say the same thing. They lost interest, and somehow they went back out to where they came from. Oh, God, I'm pleading with somebody here today, and I, don't, I, I have a hard time I have a hard time preaching, waiting on the last few minutes to, to, to try to stir people and get people interested in serving God. So I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, you better make your calling and your election sure. I'm going I'm to I'm be honest with you. You have no other, you have not a promise of another minute in this world. So if you feel like praying, I'll tell you what I'd do. I'd, I'd come to God, I'd pray, I'd put my hands up in the air. I'd seek God, I wouldn't wait on 30 minutes from now or 45 minutes from now. Critical moment. Crop farmers have critical times in their, in their, in their industry and in their work. They get anxious to plant because the yields historically start decreasing each day after the window of opportunity. Soybean harvest, some, somebody said one time, there's a time between the dew drying and the rest of the day that you better get that soybeans out of the field. Looking at farming again, the timing of rain, whether sowing or reaping is important to a farmer. Years ago, I heard about, I don't know if it was Texas or one of the farther west uh, farmers. Um, uh, it was um, uh, apparently a, a, a huge farm and he needed rain bad and he needed, it, he needed it quickly and there was only a wind of an opportunity. If that rain didn't happen, then he would lose million dollars of, of harvest and and because of that, thank the Lord, the rain happened and he called it a million dollar rain. I don't know what you think about it today, but this is worth your opportunity to be saved. It's worth more than a million dollars. Come on, I need some amen. I need some help from people that's in church. If you can't help me today, you need to pray right now. If you're not right with God, you need to certainly need to pray. And you saints of God, you don't have a burden for lost. You need to get a hold of it this morning. This is more than worth than a million dollars. I wouldn't go to hell over a million dollars. Oh, yeah. On a lighter, on a lighter note, the tropical hibiscus and hibiscus flowers feature one day blooms and then they're followed by death. If you don't see them at that time, then you've lost it. The corpse flower, they called it, is the largest unbranched inflorescence in the plant kingdom. It can grow more than eight feet tall, four feet in diameter, grows six inches a day. It blooms for only one to three days every year or so. And when it comes, it goes. And if you don't see it in, at that length of time, then it's gone. It, 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 it dies. It, it smells like rotten meat, I understand. Somebody said, it's, I say it stinks like crazy. But, but I, I, I heard the story, read about the story of Mr. Wilson and, and Dennis the Menace. You remember that? That's... Lord, I don't know. That was a long time ago those played, I think. And I walk up to people and, and they call me Mr. Wilson. Well, I think of that, that Mr. Wilson. But the crowd was gathered to watch the flower that uh, Mr. Wilson had planted or had. And uh, uh, the crowd was gathered to watch the flower that was to bloom after 40 years, it is actually these plants only bloom every seven to 10 years, I think. And Mr. Wilson was to, Mr. Wilson's was to fade and die. This particular plant was to fade and die in just a few seconds, just a few moments of time. The crowd with Mr. Wilson again was watching the gorgeous flower bloom. 
when who walks in? Dennis runs in, telling Mr. Wilson his house is being robbed. Turning to listen to Dennis, he misses the completeness of the bloom. He spent his whole sad adult life waiting for this, his precious plant to bloom for just a few seconds, and he missed it. He picks up the flower and crushes it to the floor and says, 40 years down the drain. Then Dennis, then he tells Dennis, you took something from me that I'll never get back. And I want to tell you something. You can allow your attention to be diverted from the word today. You can allow your attention to be changed from hearing the word of God and doing what you need to do for your never dying soul. And in a few seconds time, I'm gonna tell you, sermons sometimes to me seem long. Depends on who's preaching it, I guess. But, some, but, but let me tell you, let me tell you something else. A sermon will only be a few seconds in the face of eternity. Oh, yeah. Right now, it may seem like a long time, but sir, ma'am, you don't need to let your attention get diverted from what God's trying to do in your life today. Let me tell you something, sir. Let me tell you something, ma'am. You didn't just happen to be here this morning. There's people been praying, and I certainly have been praying. God, send the right crowd out here. Help me to say the right thing. Help me not to say the wrong thing, but help me to say what I need to do to reach somebody. It's not by happenstance and a happen chance that you showed up here this morning. God is giving somebody a window of opportunity to fall on their face before God. Hallelujah. Jesus entered and passed through Jericho, Luke 19, 1 through 6. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. He sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press, because he was little of stature. The man in the previous chapter, chapter 18, I believe, couldn't see because he was blind, this man couldn't see because of his size and, of course, the pressure, the press. And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. Some reason, Jesus passed this way today. He set up a church in Bethlehem. Thank you for bringing to mind Brother Dunwoody this morning. He set up a church in Bethlehem with a, with, with, with a Facebook page or whatever they do, online stuff, and, 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 and he, he found his window of opportunity. You never would have got your wife if you hadn't moved here, by the way. <laughs> oh, but thank God. He saved you. Thank God you found that window open and you crawl through that window to safety. He told Zacchaeus when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, there's not many times Jesus looks up to people. He usually looks down to people. But this man got to the place where Jesus could see him. Whatever you got to do today for Jesus to see you, you better climb to it. You better get to it. Come on, have mercy. Somebody ought to be crying, have mercy on me. And when you say have mercy on me, then Jesus will look their way. Woo! I said Jesus will look their way. And he said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down. Watch this now. For... Today, I must abide, verse five, 
I believe it was. I must abide at thy house. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. The key words here is for today. I must abide at thy house. It wasn't that Jesus wanted to go home with him, but he wanted to stay with him. Let me tell you something. Oh, my Lord, if you're not right with God today, you ought to be finding your way and opening your house, your door, your heart's door. That's what I'm talking about. If Jesus, the poem says, if Jesus came to your house to spend some time with you, if he came unspected, I wonder what you'd do. Oh, I'd know, I'd know you'd give your nicest room to such an honored guest and all the food you'd give to him would be the very best. And you would keep assuring him you're glad to have him there that serving him in your home is joy beyond compare. Hasn't Jesus changed your home since you found the Lord? But when you saw him coming, would you meet him at the door with arms outstretched and welcome to your heavenly visitor? Or would you have to change your clothes before you let him in? Or hide some magazines and put the Bible where they'd been? Would you hide your worldly music and put some hymn books out? Could you let Jesus walk right in or would you rush about? And I wonder if the Savior spent a day or two with you, would you go right on doing the things you always do? Would you go right on saying the things you always say or would life for you continue as it does from day to day? Would you take Jesus with you everywhere do you go? Or would you maybe change your plans for just a day or so? Would you be glad to have him meet your closest friends or would you hope they stay away until his visit ends? Would you be glad to have him stay forever on and on or would you sigh with great relief when he at last was gone? It might be interesting to know the things that you would do if Jesus came in person to spend some time with you. I'm going to tell you, our homes may not be filled with the right attitude, the right spirit, the right stuff. But when Jesus gets there, he can help you change your home. He can help you change the spirit around your house. He can help you change your spirit from arguing and complaining and bickering and fighting and fussing. Hallelujah. I wish Jesus would walk into some of our homes here today. A short man he was. Isn't that what the Bible said? He was little of stature. But there was a tall tree and a seeking Savior. Jericho was in a cursed city, but Jesus came to take away the curse. Again, a short man. Let me, come up, let me tell you, we've come up short many times, haven't we? Huh? We've come up inadequate. We've come up non-sufficient, if you will. But thank God there was a tall tree that God had provided. I want to thank God created this sycamore tree for, for him to get up in so he could see Jesus. And God's created a service today. I need some help here. God created a service here today. It's a tall tree in your life where you can see Jesus, who he was. Oh, yes, and this, and this seeking Savior didn't care about his stature. He didn't care about his chief position among them. He didn't care about how much money he had. He didn't care about what they were saying. He was willing to provide him a way to get him to him. He sought to see Jesus who he was, but could not for the press. There was so much ado was being made. It stirred his curiosity. Would to God that this church would make such a to-do about Jesus that people would run to see what's happening in Bethlehem. And I think that's really happening. Crowds attract crowds, somebody said. It's like, it's like uh, 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 the, the, uh, Brother Austin said this morning, it's not just the music, it's not just the talent, but it's the Spirit of God. Well, God, the Spirit of God is drawing some people. 
We baptized hundreds of people in the last few years. We've seen hundreds of people get the Holy Ghost. They're talking in tongues as the Spirit of God gives you. Come on now. It's time we make such an ado about Jesus. It's time we get off of our feet and worship like we've never worshiped before. It's time we witness like we've never witnessed before. It's time we praise him like we have never praised him before. Well, yeah, the crowds attracted Zacchaeus, if you will, and got him to Jesus. Oh, yeah, could not for the press. The pressure's on to keep people from seeing him. Oh, yeah, intoxicated with this life, the cares of this life. By ancient Mediterranean standards, this man was probably less than five feet tall. Can you imagine what people around thought of of this little short man running and climbing up into a tree? By the way, he's the chief of the publicans and he's rich. There comes a time when you must not think of what others say or do. It's do or die for yourself. I would come to God but my husband. I would come to God but my wife. I would come to God, but I've been in tradition all my life. I I really like what I'm feeling in Bethlehem, but I've been in some kind of tradition all my life, and I don't think I, come on, sir, you don't care when you go to hell. You won't care what people think. You won't care what you've got to do to be saved, what I got to give up. My God, you don't have to give up much compared to what you're gonna get in the glory world. Just don't miss your opportunity. You can either upbraid yourself and find fault in your surroundings or run for a place to see Jesus. I like this. Jesus called him by name, Zacchaeus. Make haste, come down. I'm going to your house today. And Jesus in the book of Revelation said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. It's an honor for you to have Jesus knock on your door. Don't throw off conviction today. You ought to welcome conviction today. Even while I'm preaching, he's knocking. That's how he knocks today, is through his word. And through his spirit, thank you again for saying, just just lined up my message for me. If the spirit of God don't draw us, we're in trouble. But the Holy Ghost is drawing here today. Oh yeah, Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus, but Jesus wanted, he did more for Zacchaeus to see him, it looked like, than Zacchaeus did. But he wants you to come to your house and he wants to come to your house. Not just come, but stay. Abide, he said. You know what? I preached a message one time. I won't preach it again right now, but if you'll come back and I get a chance, I might preach it again. I need you. This was my title, Brother Austin. You can do something with this. You're good at it. I need you to help me get you to heaven. The window's there, but you gotta open the window. You gotta walk through the window. I can't make you to be saved, but I can warn you. Like God told Ezekiel, you warn them, you get the blood off of your back. But if you you don't warn them, the blood's on. I'm planning on preaching what I have to preach today to get you to realize that you need God more than you need a job. You need God more than you need a husband. You need God more than you need a wife. You need God more than you need money. You need God more than you do pleasures. You need God more than you do worldliness. You need God more than anything. You make hay while the sun shines. You gather hay when the hay is dry enough to bale. 
One year, the window of opportunity for planting was more like a crack that opened once every couple of weeks. You just get a, a little window to do the work, planting or sowing or reaping. Same way with your spiritual life. Ezra said nine and eight, and now for a little space, grace hath been showed from the Lord to our God. Sister Peggy, I remember the little, little preacher that stayed here for a little while, Dathan Herring, walked behind you and Lee right there sitting on that same pew, I suppose, walked behind and laid his hands on your backs, if you will, began to pray through, and y'all began, began to speak with tongues as the Spirit of God give the utterance. He gave you a window of opportunity. That's why you got family sitting here today. That's why you got other family and other church. Oh, hallelujah. And I preached at, I preached at Lee's funeral he was some kind of character. If you didn't know Lee, you missed a whole lot out on life. But Lee could play tricks on you and tell you stuff that you wasn't supposed to believe because it probably wasn't true. Am I right? And, uh, but I preached at Lee's funeral that verse. He gave Lee a space of grace. And I looked up at that space in the, in the Hebrew, and I'm not much of a Hebrew scholar, but a space in the Hebrew meant a wink of the eyes. It's a very short space of time. What are you trying to imply? What are you trying to preach today? I'm preaching your space of grace may be so quick that you can miss it if you don't take, oh yes. There's times in these video games, I suppose, if you miss a half a second of punching the button, it's over, you're dead, you're gone, you've lost the money. You've lost your opportunity. Oh, a little space. Oh, God, he said, I, I give a, a moment of time, a grace that's been showed from the Lord our God to leave us a remnant to escape and to give us a nail in his holy place that our God may lighten our eyes and give us a little reviving in our bondage. Let me tell you something. I'm preaching to somebody here today that's bound by, by stuff. You're bound by something. You know your, your life is controlled by some element or something, some attitude or some unforgivings or whatever it may be. I don't know what it is, but I'm telling you, he said that verse, have you got it back up there? He said, he said, and give us a little reviving in our bondage. God is able to give you, it may be just a little space to get it, it may be just a little opportunity for you to get it, but somebody ought to throw their hands up and say, in Jesus' name, I am released from my bondage. I'm released from the things that got me bound. Hallelujah. Come on, open the window and go through it. Let's praise him a little while all over the building. Let's welcome him right here. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus said unto Zacchaeus, Verse nine, you may not have this on the, on the screen, but he said, this day is salvation come to this house. This day, for the Son of Man is come to seek and save that which was lost. I'm saying today, this day is salvation coming to your house. It's knocking on your door through this word, through this preaching, through this church, through this singing, come to your house. Hebrews 2, 3 said, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? What did Jesus say to Zacchaeus? This day is salvation. Come to your house. The important premise of this message is salvation. Let me tell you, 
what salvation is. It's the plan of salvation of Acts 2.38, repenting and getting baptized in Jesus' name, not just the titles. That won't wash away sins. Jesus is the saving name. He called his name Jesus. The Bible said, for he shall save their people from their sins and receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, living for God. If you neglect that, you neglect so great salvation. Flaming fire, 2 Thessalonians 1, 8. Flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of God of the Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody needs to obey the gospel today. Somebody needs to get in the water today. And if you've already been baptized, you need to get the Holy Ghost Today is the day of your salvation. Today, somebody say it with me. Today is the day of my salvation. For time has come that judgment, 1 Peter 4, 17, must begin at the house of God. If it first began at us, what shall be the end of them that obey not the gospel? I'm going to skip a verse, but I'm just going to quote it a little bit. Galatians 1.8. I marvel that you're so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ into another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we are an angel from heaven preaching any other gospel than you than which we preach, let him be accursed. It was important enough to say it again. As we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than you have received, let him be accursed. Let me tell you something. There's not another gospel than the gospel that we preach right here. It's in the book. It's not my gospel. It's his gospel. I'm not trying to impose my thoughts on you today. It's the word of God. So what are you saying? I'm saying the gospel is salvation. He went to his house. Salvation went to his house. And I'm preaching salvation today. You better open the window and walk through it today. The baptistry's ready. The clothes are ready. The Bible said the spirit and the bride say come. Amen. The Holy Ghost is welcoming you. And the bride of Christ, those believers that's already have been fulfilled by been filled by the gospel of Christ is welcoming you today the window is open it's time to walk through it's time to walk through time is running out Tom Peter said if a window of opportunity appears don't pull down the shade people don't realize the window of opportunity closes faster than it opens Even when opportunity, somebody said, knocks, a man still has to get off of his seat and open the door. Jesus said, saying, Luke 19, because thou knewest not the time of thy visitation. I hope to God that some people here today recognize that this is the day of their visitation from him. I hope you understand that they didn't. Hence, hence the rocks, the stones are going to destroy Jerusalem because they knew not the time of their visitation. Oh, God, there's an escape route here today. That's through the door of salvation. Time's running out. Felix came with his wife, Acts 24 came with his wife, Drusilla, which was a Jewish. She sent for Paul, and he heard him concerning the faith in Christ. Verse 25, and as a reason of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come, Felix trembled and answered, go thy way for this time. When I have a convenient season, I will call for thee. Let me tell you something. It's not a matter of when you want it, sir. It's when God is calling for you. You better get open the door while he's calling for you because he, you may not, he, oh yeah, he may not ever come back again. Your window of opportunity may be closed forever and ever. Genesis 6, 3. You see, I've got many verses here that can back up my, 
Am I, am I telling you right? They can back up the, what the truth is. And the Lord said, my spirit shall not always strive or plead with man. I will, if you, if you please, have seen them grip the back of the pew because conviction was striving with them. It was pleading with them. And never walked down an aisle. I'm getting out of my timing, but I feel the Holy Ghost in this room right now. I wouldn't, I, I, I wouldn't try to embarrass anybody or wouldn't try to bring up something to hurt you at all. But I remember in this building, and I can take you to the spot, if you will, where the man sat. Diagnosed with cancer. And a message came forth from the pulpit like this. This church was built on a whole lot of this kind of preaching. And as the, the word went out, the man refused to walk in and come on to the altar and pray. I went back literally to his seat and talked to him and tried to get him to come and pray. His opportunity was open. He refused, walked out, wound up in prison. I went to the prison to talk to him and to see him. And I'm trying to say this to help somebody and not hurt, please. And I'm satisfied if the man could hear me preaching from where he is today, he'd say, preach it, preach it, tell him about it, tell him about it. The rich, the, the, the rich man in the Bible did. He said, go home, tell my brothers. I went into the prison and tried to pray for him. Sister Candace, while I was praying for him, he went to sleep while I was praying. What are you saying? I'm saying he had his window of opportunity. And I'm saying while I'm preaching here today, somebody has their window of opportunity. You may not ever get another chance to be saved. Old sun, sundial at Alfred and Worcestershire had been repaired, and its motto could be read. Eyes could read the weighty words inscribed on it by a vanished hand of long ago. And on this, and this inscription said, on this moment, on this sundial, it said, on this moment hangs eternity. And I'm preaching to somebody today. I wish I could shake you enough. I wish I could wake you enough to realize that on this moment, your eternity may be hung. You may never get another chance to walk down this altar. I called Tony Carson a while ago, Brother Carson. I can call him Tony because he's my brother-in-law. You call him Brother Carson. But he refreshed my memory of a story he told when he went to a service station. He told this man, he said, about coming to church. He said, I won't come Sunday because I'm in such an alcoholic state right now that I won't come tomorrow, but I'll come the next Sunday. And Brother Carson was riding along the highway one day, the street or whatever, and he said on the radio came a, a, a newscast, if you will, and called the man's name and said he's died, passed away. And I said, I'm preaching about the wind of opportunity. That'll work, won't it? 
He said, yes. And he said, I had the window of opportunity. If I'd have known, but Kevin, he said, if I'd have known that it would have been his last opportunity that Sunday morning, I'd have took more time to try to get him into church. I remember Barry telling about a man around Holly Springs that he sat on the back of the pickup truck with him, I believe. Barry could refresh my memory clear. You remember the story by chance? The man, died, the, man, the man didn't come to church and the man died. And Barry said, I wish I could have reached him more. I wish I'd have reached him more. I wish I'd have reached him. Come on, sir. Whatever you got to do to get your family in. Whatever you got to do to get your loved ones in. For God's sake, get them in. First, you got to get in yourself. You got to get in yourself. Flown a few airplanes in my lifetime, Brother Don. They come across, I could almost, I could almost quote it from memory, bro, Brother Billy. If in case those oxygen masks drop down, you put yours on first. You got a child there, put yours on first. Then you put the child's on or somebody else that might need help, but you get yours on first. What are you preaching today? Get right with God now. First, get right with God. Then maybe you can help somebody else. Come on, let's pray. Let's pray. Let's seek him. Let's seek him. Let's seek him. Let's seek him. Oh, if God gives you one more chance to hear the gospel and be saved, it will certainly be only by his mercy and not by his promise. I'm looking in the faces, if you will, of people here today that's heard this message for days, weeks, months, and years. And have not moved towards the altar yet. God gave you opportunity after opportunity, but he's not promising you one more. If I was you, I'd be, I'd be planning my, my steps down to this altar right now. I'd be saying, God, I need you more than anything in this world. Thomas Stanton, Brother Thomas Stanton, Back yonder in that old auditorium somewhere. Which one? I don't remember. I, probably the first, the very first one where the prayer room is now. God spoke to him, Brother Benny, while your daddy, I believe, was preaching. Brother A.B. Connor, and a preacher he was. Benny's as good a carpenter as his dad was preaching. I hope you are because he was a good preacher. Brother Connor preaching. He had cried, preaching, crying, preaching. I think I might have got a little touch off, off of his mantle somehow. I hope I did. My God, I hope I did. I, I, you know, the, preaching is more than just displaying some nice, nice, nice oratorical remarks. It's got to come from the heart. Thank God for men of God in our church that know how to do that. And he... And he preached the stirring message, I'm satisfied. And Brother Thomas Stanton told me later, he said, if I hadn't have come that time, I never would have been able or got back, got to church. Somebody needs to pray today. Somebody needs to call on the Lord today. Somebody needs to get right with God today. Let me ask you something. Be open with me. Be, 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 be. Think with me, will you? Will you think with me? If you don't obey God today, and I hope to God that's not true, but if you don't obey God today, what do you think your chances of ever coming to God will be if you don't come today?
what am I preaching about? What am I preaching about? The window of opportunity. There's a, that's what's called the nautical hour. Was, was this soon discovered as the most crucial hour of the navigator's day. The only time of day when the stars of night and the horizon of the coming day were both visible to the navigator. It was the period of time before sunrise when night is changing into day. Once the sun was up, the navigator lost the ability to calculate the location of the ship. But during the nautical hour, the navigator could determine not only the location of the ship, but also the proper heading, which way to go. It was only moments time between the night and the day. You could only see the stars at a certain time and the sun and the direction at the same certain time. What I'm saying to you is it's lined up for you today. Everything is lined up for you today. Samuel wrote it, 1 Samuel 20 and 3, there's only one step between me and death. I knocked on a door over here. I'm going to call it on Fraser Lane, somewhere out in that direction. Past Brother Thomas Stanton, where Brother Thomas Stanton used to live, that road. What's the name of that, Macedonia Road? Knocked on the door, house trailer, trying to get people to come to church. And, oh, God, I wish I had a dollar for every door I knocked. And I knocked on her door. She didn't come, didn't show up. But I got the news, I suppose, the morning after. The trailer burned, and they found her at the door. Somebody needs to pray. Somebody at least needs to make a start this morning. Somebody needs to move don't wait on an invitation other than what you're getting right now because it could be too late. You have a TIA or a stroke. You, this, this writing, that's right. That's right. It's time to come. It said, don't wait. Call immediately. Don't waste time. Call immediately. Don't wait on somebody to get you after they get off of work. Come now. Come now. Come now. Come now. Come while you can. There's others coming, huh? There's others coming. There's others coming. Thank you. You're not right with God. If you don't know you're right with God, you ought to be walking to this altar right now. At least you ought to be lifting up your hands wherever you are. You ought to get down on your face somewhere if it's between the pew. I'm just, I just love you. I love you. I'm not trying to force you by any means. No, no, no. But I love you enough to preach this way. How would I like to have shouted today? How would I like to have been inspirational today? Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. He loves you enough. He loves you enough. Come on. Bring your wife down here. Bring your husband down here. Bring your children down here. Everybody ought to be down here now. Everybody ought to be down here now. Yes, Lord. I need you more than anything, God. I need you more than anything. God's calling people from this church from four and five counties around because this is the window, this is the place, this is the opportunity. 
He loves you, Amber. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He thought enough to knock on your door. He thought enough of you to knock on your door today. He thought enough of you to knock on your door today. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. He thought enough of you to knock on your door today. You're not filled with the Holy Ghost. Why don't you accept it today? What are you waiting on? Are you waiting on something bigger, something worse? Are you waiting on a heart attack? Are you waiting on something to wake you up? Seek him right now all over this place, from the left to the right, front to the back. I got to be right, God. I could leave here any moment. I got to be right, God. I could leave here any moment. I could leave here in a moment. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Find you somebody to pray with. Find you somebody to pray with.
There's some more people that needs to be praying. There's some more people that's on the fringe here today that need to be praying. Know one thing, Brother Steve Wilson loves you. The church loves you. God loves you enough to give you this opportunity. Come to him. 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 Can I push you one more time? Don't miss your opportunity right now. Can I push you one more time? Don't miss your opportunity right now. God has spoken His Word. He's spoken His Word out of grace and mercy and love. It wasn't a word of hate. It was a word because He loves you and He wants you to be saved. Come on, would you lift your hands and surrender to Him and truly pray what they've been singing. God, whatever you have to do to me, what have you got to do in me? What have you got to do through me? What have you got to do to me? Whatever you got to bring me through, I don't care as long as I'm saved. Take away everything that don't belong. Take away everything that's not like you. Take away everything that's getting in the way of my relationship with you. And help me to set my love back on you above everything else. Come on, surrender to Him right now. This is your opportunity. This is your opportunity. This is your space of grace. Nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. Our flesh doesn't like this kind of preaching. It's not comfortable. It makes you think about the things that are the most real. I tell you, eternity is more real than the natural world that we're living in right now. Because this natural world that we're living in is going to pass away. But eternity will not. It will not. 
It's more real than what you're seeing here right, right now. Amen. And it ain't comfortable to think about this kind of stuff. It ain't comfortable to have to give up some things. But God is much more concerned about your salvation than your comfort here on earth. He'd much rather you be comfortable in heaven forever. Amen. Than to be comfortable here on earth and die lost and be uncomfortable in hell for eternity. He's much more concerned about your salvation than your comfort right now. You better thank God that he's brought this word of God today your hands and receive it. Lift your hands and receive it. Lift your hands and receive it. I wish you would pray one more time. Say, God, whatever it takes, save me. I mean it, Lord. I mean it. Come on, you better pray this prayer. Don't be afraid. You can trust God. You can trust God. Lord, whatever it takes, save me. I mean it. Whatever it takes, save me. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you've not been baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of your sins, today is your day. Right now is your moment. If you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, Maybe they said Father, Son, and Holy Ghost over you. Maybe you have been baptized, but they didn't say in the name of Jesus. The Bible says neither is there salvation in any other. There's none of the name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. You need to be baptized today in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have not been baptized, find a minister. If you're a minister in the house, would you lift your hands just so somebody can see who to go to. If you're a minister in the house, if you're a minister in the house, lift your hand high. If you need to be baptized, we got ministers all over the room that are willing and ready to baptize you right now. In Jesus' name. Can we pray one time, one more time before we dismiss? God, we thank you for the word of God that was spoken to us. We thank you for being so gracious and loving and kind to us to speak a word like this to us. God, we pray that you help us not to neglect it or reject it, but help us to receive it, believe it, and obey it. Not be hearers of the word only, but doers also, oh God. We pray in Jesus' name that your will would be done in our lives, that we would submit ourselves completely to you and set you at the forefront of our lives. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for it and give you praise. Let's clap our hands to the Lord and give him praise for the word of the Lord. Real quick, real quick, real quick, real quick, before you dismiss, before you start leaving and talking to people, real quick, we have two announcements, ministry class at four with Brother Vasquez, and then church again tonight with Brother Vasquez. He's going to be bringing a word from the Lord. Come early for prayer. And then the last thing I said, two announcements, is actually three. I'm sorry. God, forgive me. I don't want to go to hell for lying. <laughs> One last thing. If you are a guest today, we want to meet you. Meet us in meet and greet right now in the discipleship room. We have refreshments and snacks available for you. God bless you. In Jesus' name, you're dismissed.